talking about stuff, talking about things, talking about you, talking about me. It's not a old country, and we are celebrating. It is Canberra. Conversations in the capital. Hello, my name is Henry. Welcome to Canberra Conversations in the Capital. For this third season, six bartenders from six of Canberra's city bars will be featured. Today, inside Wilma and the Pearl, I am joined by Hayden Griffiths-Woodward, bar manager. Hayden, thank you for the drink. How are you going today? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for meeting with me. No, of course. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is, this is a great season. I'm looking forward to it. Give me some insight into your bartender journey throughout Canberra. You told me that you've been around the block a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've, I've been a few places. Like like all the best bartenders, I started in kitchens. That's it. Um, you know, I did a, a bit of a chefing apprenticeship. I decided that wasn't quite the thing for me. Bounced around cooking, cleaning dishes, doing that. Eventually, I got an opportunity to work as a bartender at 88 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. I was there as a bartender for a couple of months and then got promoted to bar, then venue manager. I did that for about two years' time. After that, I went to a hijinks for a little while. Mm-hmm. I was then, you know, working at a, at a pub in the in sort of a rander, a neighborhood pub that was called the Bolt Bar. Cool. Did that for a while. And then I got off of the job managing the bar at Kokomo's. I did that until we closed Kokomo's down over the last lockdown period. Um, and when we did that, we decided to just take stock of where we were at, take stock of what Canberra as a city was lacking. And we decided it was lacking just that, that extra high-end large-scale restaurant bar so that's what we've undertaken here we are uh, we opened at the i mean the time we're recording this right now it was last week we opened um and you know where we've put a lot of time effort money into it and we're really hoping that you know what we what we have is something that canberra hasn't seen we really want to you know blow the scene away i mean that time and effort it shows because the aesthetic of this place is amazing and it's pretty cool that i get to see it in its earliest days Tell me a bit more about the origins behind this place, because so much of the renovations have just happened. The, the renovation process, it's funny, like all good bars, we, are, we did a lot of the actual sort of setting up the furniture and uh, the, the interior decor we, we set up with bartenders. Obviously, we had uh, builders, painters doing the, the actual the, the nuts and bolts, putting the walls up, etc. But... A lot of what you see uh, in terms of bar setup, in terms of furniture setup, in terms of um, just the polishing, that was done by my bar team. You know, wow. last week I pulled something close to seventy hours just trying to get us there. <laughs> um, my bar, I had some of my bartenders doing you know fifty hours just to just to get us over the finish line. But we do, you know, I've uh, I've never heard of a hospitality venue that opened smoothly with mm. everything going right. It's it's sort of tradition, you know. You, you rush to get to the finish line. You get the doors open, money starts coming in, and then you can really start to refine it. And, yeah. But with that said, the the amount of money the uh, the owners put into this place really shows. I think, you know, as much as as much as we rush to get to the finish line, the end product doesn't feel rushed. And uh, you know, we 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 in this company have an extreme focus on uh, what we call extraordinary experiences. That's not just for the customer. That's for the staff. That's for myself. That's for the owners. That's for everyone. We want everyone who's involved to have an extraordinary experience. And we, I think that's happened. Yeah, I was going to say y'all need sleep, man. That sounds like a lot of a lot of hours over the last last week. Did you say? Just yeah, the, yeah. Man. Last last week was seventy. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't get much sleep. But uh, with that said, you know, I, I get bored sleeping. Right. <laughs> you know, I like to work. 
Yeah. Um, that's that's what I do. If I if I don't work, I find myself, you know, in the bar in the other bars drinking too much. So, there you go. There you so go. it's good for me to be working. Yeah. And the name. Wilma and the Pearl. Where where'd that come from? So Wilma is almost a, a slight cheeky nod to the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, just in terms of a lot of our, our cooking style, we use a lot of flame, um, custom built grill. Cool. Uh, it's obviously it's modern cuisine. It's yeah. modern cooking. Yeah. Um, but we want to use almost primitive traditional techniques to get yeah. there. Now, Pearl in the Flintstones is actually uh, Wilma's mother. Hmm. But the where we sort of landed on the Pearl is we want the bar to be, you know, the, the crowning jewel of Canberra nightlife. And, you know, look, some people love the name. Some people don't love it. But I'm, I, I, I love it. I truly believe it's not necessarily the name that makes the venue. It's um, it's the people in it. It's mm. the style of service. It's the culture. Yeah. And uh, in terms of that, you know, I, I think I think we've really nailed it. That's awesome, man. And you, you mentioned the nightlife here. Canberra's current nightlife, it's become filled with so many high-quality bars. Mm-hmm. Wildly, though, so much of this has occurred really just in the last, like, five to seven years. What are some of your memories in regards to Canberra's evolving bar scene? Well, I mean, when I started going out when I was 18, we didn't really have, you know, to my memory, we didn't have that many bars. Mm. There's a lot of nightclubs. Yeah. There's a lot of pubs. We had Muddle Bar way back in the day. Oh, Deep Cut. Yeah, yeah. Deep <laughs> Cut. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I think in the Australian scene, we were still almost figuring out how to do high-end hospitality. I'm sure like Sydney and Melbourne were a little further ahead of the curve, but Muddle Bar, in my mind, is sort of the first ancestor of the high-end bars in Canberra. You had places like Playground too, but Playground really sort of uh, Playground and Treehouse really sort of straddled the line of you know high-end and nightclub. Right. Then I would say, to be honest, um, my old employers at Lala they really hit the nail on the head with Molly, mm. the original old, old Molly, Molly. Yeah. old Molly. That really you know, burst onto the scene. And I remember hearing about it when I was sort of, you know, young and broke and didn't really have money to go to a place <laughs> like that. Yeah. I remember hearing about it and hearing it was this, this hidden away bar that you couldn't even find the address to. You had to find the coordinates yeah. and go to. They really did. They really hit that speakeasy model on the head. And then, you know, New Molly, which is actually my favourite bar, not that I'm not involved with. Yeah. Um, they, they continue that on, you know. They, in my opinion, set the groundwork for what high-end venues in Canberra are. And they're almost a bit of an academy for mm. like people of my sort of age who moved up in hospo. Like the yeah. career hospo people in my age group, we, uh, most of us went through that academy. The, the various la-la venues uh, really trained us in standards and what the consumer wants. And through, through the uh, opportunities they provided us, we got to sort of go to Sydney, go to Melbourne, a lot of my mates got to go overseas, you know, and we got to experience what high-end hospitality is. Now, those of us in that sort of age group, we are now at that point where we're moving up. Most of my mates are now either reps, some of them own things, some of uh, we're all managing now, and now we get to sort of bring out that that high-end culture that we learn, yeah. and we get to implement that across. Canberra. I will also shout out, shout out our sister venue, Akiba. Yeah. I believe Akiba opened about 
seven, eight years ago. And that's sort of another one of the Canberra icons, you know. Now, there's more of a focus in the restaurant than the bar there, but the bar is still amazing. Mm. And they're sort of the other side of that, the standards and the, uh, the high-end hospitality that they introduced to the scene. I would say between Akiba and Molly, that is what really picked Canberra hospitality up, taught my generation how to, how to do hospo. And now we're trying to pass that on to the next generation. There you go. I mean, yeah, the seeds, the seeds were sown. Yeah. And now I know the rewards are being reaped. Yeah. Okay, let's talk more about you for a bit. Yeah. First off, simple one. What is your favorite drink and why? Well, my favorite drink. Look, it, it goes back and forth. I do love classic cocktails uh, because it's sort of a requisite of the job. Of course. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, whiskey. I'm a big um, I'm a big whiskey drinker. And look, I love the high-end whiskeys, but to be honest, when I'm with my mates, we drink Jamison. There you go. Um, I'd also be remiss uh, if I didn't mention Resh's. Old school New South Wales beer. It's it's cheap, but it's an easy drinker. And so when I'm with my mates, you know, those are probably the things we drink. Uh, also, Amaro Montenegro. Mm. You know, it's Fernet Branca used to be the bartender's handshake. And mm. in some parts of the world, it absolutely still is. But in Canberra, Amaro Montenegro has almost become the bartender's handshake. Really? You know, if I go in, I see my mates, we all do a shot of Monty. It's just, it's what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. And what about your favorite drink to make? Favorite drink to make? Uh, you know, the drink that uh, we're sipping we're sipping right now, sort of the one I've just recently come up with, I was telling <laughs> you about, it's, uh, I call it a Cinema Verite. Cinema it's, Verite. Uh, 20 mils of Amaro Montenegro, 20 mils of Manzanilla Sherry, and 30 mils of Metaxa, um, which is a Greek brandy. Right now, I'm really enjoying making that. And I guess I would say my favorite drink to make at any point is the most recent cocktail I've come up with. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. You know, because that's what it's all about. It's one of the biggest things I love about my job is the creative element. And so being able to make a new cocktail for a customer, see their eyes sort of light up when they sip it, but also get their feedback. Because at the end of the day, you know, I can sit here with my bartender mates and we can nerd out over all sorts <laughs> of, all sorts of, you know, provenance of this sherry and what I'm, what infusions I'm doing. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's all worthless if the consumer doesn't like it. You know, yeah, they pay fair. the bills. And so I always like to get a, a customer's feedback on any drink I make him. Mm. And I always listen with open ears, you know. Well, what you made me is brilliant. So I keep doing what you're doing there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, I know you see you don't want to nerd out, but I'm going to get you to nerd out a little bit right now. All right. If you could only have for the rest of your life, one type of fruit, two types of liquor, and three types of mixes for your alcohol, what would they be? Okay. Okay. Um, fruit? You know, I don't, I, I don't, when I'm drinking myself, yep. I don't actually use much fruit. I do love blueberry. Mm -hmm. Like blueberry is actually a pretty nifty garnish. Yeah. You can do some cool things with it. So I guess if I had to pick one, I'd pick blueberry. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not too attached to fruit. In terms of liquors, as I said before, Jamison. Yep. I couldn't, I couldn't go without it. Irish whiskey is my stuff and mm -hmm. Jamison is Irish whiskey. So I'd probably go Jamison. Look, and you know, maybe another whiskey. Uh, Macallan 12. Okay. Macallan 12 is another great whiskey. Um, so I would probably use either of those. Now, in terms of mixes, uh, 
soda water, you know? Yeah. Soda water is actually the most useful. It lets you fully experience uh, whatever spirit you're drinking it with, but it obviously dilutes it, takes that harshness out of it. Ginger ale, mm-hmm. dry ginger ale. Yep. Um, again, because, you know, whiskeys were the ones I chose. Dry yeah, ginger exactly. ale goes really well with whiskeys, and it's also just, you know, it's refreshing. It's not too sweet. You can have it on its own. If you just want to. Yeah, exactly. And then a little outside of the box, um, I love brown creaming soda. Okay. And brown creaming soda right now for me is a little bit of a white whale. I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to work it into a cocktail that's, you know, balanced, refined, in line with what the market wants right now. And I'm not there right yet. It's taken work. But one day, you know, one day, Henry, you might walk in to, to the Pearl and you might see a cocktail with brown creaming soda in it. And, That's it. And, you know, if you do, um, that means I've, I've... That means you've done it. I've caught my Moby Dick, you know? That's it. If, if, if someone listening to this like three years later... Yeah. And they go, oh, but there's, it's, it's, it's there. Boom, there it is. I, I hope so. I hope I so. I hope so as well for you. That sounds... That, that'll, be, that'll be great. Yeah. Brown cream... What's the difference between brown creaming soda and... I guess pink? So, brown creaming, creaming soda? soda has a stronger vanilla flavor. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, growing up, I always had pink creaming soda. You grew up in Australia, yeah? yeah. So I'm sure that's what you you would have had too, yeah. mostly. Um, but in a lot of other parts of the world, like brown creaming soda is the only creaming soda they have. Red creaming soda is a bit of an Australian thing, huh. as far as I understand. There you go. It's got a bit more of a raspberry flavor. Um, it's a little bit... I won't say sweeter, because they're both extremely sweet. <laughs> but I would say brown creaming soda, as complex as a soft drink can be, it's, yeah. it's a little more complex. All right, one more thing. It, it seems that every bartender has that crazy work story about something wild that they've witnessed while on shift. <laughs> Are there any particular that come to your memory right now by I me mean, saying that? I mean, look, I've got hundreds, hundreds, and um, <laughs> many of them are absolutely not safe for work. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite experiences was uh, when I was at Lala. So Lala, you know, I was the manager of 88. Mm-hmm. And at the time, La La consisted of 88, Highball, Molly, and Bleachers. Mm. They, they hadn't opened a Michi yet. Yeah. And it was Chris, It was December, which, you know, insane period of for all of us in Hospo. Holiday times. Yep. And we used to have a sort of manager group chat where, you know, we could all send each other messages if we needed help. And I get a message in the chat that just says, SOS at Bleachers. Okay. And so, you know, I put my, I wasn't too busy. I, I tell my assistant, my assistant manager at the time, you know, you're in charge. And I, I run up to Bleachers. Because that's, that's the sports the bar, sports right? bar. Yeah. And normally they didn't get too busy, right? But Bleachers sure. is the sort of venue where they're either just doing a, a steady sort of normal trade or they're getting absolutely hammered. Yeah. Um, but this was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I walk in and there's maybe two, maybe 300 people. What? Just like we had to have it. We had to get a security guard standing on the door to try and filter the people, the flow. And I walk in there and my best mate, Zach, who's currently the general manager of Lola. At the yeah. time, he was just the venue manager at Molly. He, he's in there. Uh, Felix uh, Krekach and um, uh, Rowan Walsh, who are the who were at the time the two managers of Highball. Yeah. Um, they were both in there. Basically, every manager in the company had just had just run to the Avengers assembled to bleachers. Exactly, we it was it was like it was like the all star team, yeah. and we all just got behind the bar and started pouring beers. And it was one of the craziest hours of service I've ever done because you know if you walk if you looked at that bar, that was the most expensively staffed bar yeah. in all of Canberra at that yeah. point in time. And we just had to go. We we used to call it the Battle of Bleachers um, because it was just insane. But you know. 
one of my no one likes being short staffed right yeah but a good bartender is at his his or her best when they're short staffed mm. you know that's that pressure the, you don't have time to stop the adrenaline starts flowing before you know it, you're having fun yeah. And so in terms of uh, safe work stories, I would definitely say that's uh, up there with my favorites. But, you know, like every night is a good story. Mm. The, the reason I love this industry, my job, what we do is because no no day is the same. Yeah. I remember when I started bartending, I couldn't believe I got paid to do it. And it's even better now because my job is socializing with people, making people's night worthwhile. And, and I, you know, I walk through the city every night and I see all of my friends. That's it. so much good food and drink right now in the nation's capital i want you to shout out for me uh, a canberra bar or a canberra restaurant that isn't featured this season that's doing good stuff right well i've got two actually a, mm-hmm. a, re- a sort of a, a bar and a restaurant two for um, one deal. yeah yeah um hijinks over mm. in uh new acton new acton yes yeah. noz he's the owner he's a bit of a legend of <laughs> hospitality i i only worked there for a short period of time but I would say my period of time there is what really turned me into an industry standard bartender. Awesome. Um, you know, Noz has extremely high standards and that is what makes a good bartender. I learned a lot working there and it's a small venue, but in terms of vibe, it's just the music's amazing. The drinks are incredible. The bartenders are all just amazingly personable. It is, you know, amazing, amazing service. I actually, you know what? I, I might even give you three. I'd go on. I'd, I'd quickly throw in um, church. Yeah. Do you, you know church? I know church. It's, so church is in Odgers Lane, and it's like a hospitality dream. It's mm. those those guys, Nico over there, and his boys. They're they're just doing amazing, amazing work. The amount of times I go on break and just I don't even message my mates. I just walk there because I know <laughs> at least two or three of my mates will be on break there. Yeah, you know we might we might have a sneaky shot of Jamison. You know maybe a, a burger and some pop, uh, popcorn cauliflower. Mm. It's amazing. And I'll also just quickly shout out uh, one of our sister venues over here in Harvac, Sage. Mm. It's a fine dining restaurant uh, with a focus on wine. Cool. Um, and the girls over there, Ainsley, Maddie, and Beth, they just they do an amazing job. You know, I'm a bartender. I'm not a waiter. And I think people, a lot of the time, if especially if they're not involved in hospitality, they think waiting tables is easy. Mm. But it's not. It's so difficult. Yeah. I always feel like I make people uncomfortable when I wait on them at the table. You know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. tall. Yeah. I, I've got tattoos. I, I sort of stand over. I, I can't help but accidentally stand over them, you know. And the girls over there, they just, they're incredible. Over lockdown, I was sort of helping out there in the bar while, while we were getting Wilmer and the Pearl ready. And they just blew me away with their knowledge, their knowledge of alcohol, their, just their ability to multitask and, and their ability to work with, um, you know, occasionally difficult customers. Um, so I, I'd be remiss if I, didn't, if I didn't mention the girls over there. They're just, they're amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. And looking ahead, what is on the cards for Hayden? What is on the cards for Wilmer and the Pearl? Where do you see yourself and this bar going forward into... 2022 which is real close now at this point in time my focus is squarely on the pearl you know my job is to support the team in wilma with their restaurant 
but also training up my team of bartenders who have great attitudes, they're incredibly hard workers, and some of them have got experience, but a lot of them don't because the labor mm. market is really tight right now. A lot of people over lockdown, both lockdown one and lockdown two, <laughs> True. D- decided to get out of hospitality, get something with more security. Um, so I've hired, I, I've, I've got a very young team and they're very eager, they're very keen. So I see my responsibility to the venue as being get, turning them all into industry standard bartenders. I think it's really cool that we kicked this off by you shouting out, like essentially people you consider to be your mentors back with Old Molly and all that. And now you're kind of taking that role and you're bringing up the next essentially generation of bartenders. Well, I think that's really awesome. You know, yeah. And I mean, to, to shout out specific people, I mean, we're, we're competitors now, but you know, uh, my old boss at La La Lorenzo, he gave me the opportunity and, you know, he allowed me to, he allowed me the opportunities to become the bartender I am. Yeah. My best mate, Zach, again, the general manager of Lala, hmm. he, he gave me a lot of the knowledge and the training I needed to become a good manager. And then now people I'm working under, like uh, my ops manager, Fraser Pollard, can't, can't speak highly enough of them. And then, you know, the owners of my company, Mike and Pete Harrington, just the, the support they gave over this year, over the challenging periods like lockdown and, you know, sort of just before lockdown, my grandfather died, which was a very oh, challenging, oh, you know, it's, it's part of life, but it was a very challenging time. And this company, they, they supported me through it, you know. They gave me everything I needed to make sure I got through. And, you know, as you say, it's, it's my job now to pass that on to the, to the next generation. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And finally, Hayden, the floor is yours. Do you have any thoughts or words you'd like to throw out to the people listening? I just, um, you know, for me, hospitality, it's, it's my life. I love it. I'm, I'm super, super passionate about it. And, you know, I'm constantly telling these young people who work for me, like, this is a viable career. You know, if you had have told me two years ago, I'd be making the money I make now for, for doing what I do. I wouldn't have believed you, you know. But you can make a really, really good living and have a really good lifestyle in this life. As long as, as long as you like it, as long as you enjoy the nightlife and you enjoy, you know, working the hours we work, it's, it's incredibly viable. And it's definitely a career path that I wish more people would consider because in my opinion, you know, hospitality is just as important as any other line of work. Life's hard, you know, none of us, yeah. cho- none of us chose to be here, right? Yeah. And we've all got a million pressures that... Um, vroom, vroom. We've, uh, we've all got a... Oh. <laughs> we've all got a million pressures on us that we didn't choose to have, you know? And I just think that giving people a space to unwind and to relax is incredibly valuable. The best parts of life happen in bars and restaurants. Hmm. And I, I firmly believe that. There it is. Hayden, thank you so much for your time today, mate. Hey. All the best for the future. Thank you, Henry, and good luck with the rest of this series. Thank you, mate. Folks, my name is Henry, and from Wilmer on the Pearl, this has been Canberra, Conversations in the Capital. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you soon. Beautiful. Boy, or were you more of a moose boy? Or was it Wolf? Mr. Wolf. 
Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf. But also, <laughs> I, I, I lived at, uni- at uh, university at Canberra for quite a few years. Right. So I was a big lighthouse boy. Oh, the lady. Wednesday yeah. nights at the lighthouse. That was um, that was probably my introduction to really going out. And then, you know, weekends would go to Mr. Wolf and yeah. make all sorts of silly decisions. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I do love when I'm, you know, when I finish work or when I go on break and I go see some of my mates at some of the other bars, I do love walking past those venues and seeing, you know, they're 18, but they're kids. I love, I love seeing them out lined up at those venues because, you know, it shows that it's just a cycle. It keeps going and some of those kids will be me one day. You know? 